So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, cats, dogs, bugs, snakes, birds, and airplanes. Have I ever told you how much I fucking hate snakes? I don't like them either. It's like one of those things I will walk into a bar full of fat chicks. I'm not afraid of that. However, there are no snakes and there are no spiders. Oh, I don't mind spiders. I'm the kill. I'm the killer of bugs in this house. They don't bother me. Yeah, no, those are my two no-nos. I don't like snakes. I don't like mice. Well, yeah, I mean, mice don't actually bother me. Ugh. I mean, they're kind of creepy because you just you know that they're just a dirty animal. Yeah, no, I had like a traumatic mouse experience as a child, and I'm still afraid. Kind of like with husking corn. Well, let's talk about it. <laughs> the mouse. It was in my old. My parents' like original house that I was born. Wait, in. wait, 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 wait. I can't do this. Okay. Welcome to the Queen. Welcome to Meg's uncle. Welcome to the boobs. I, you know me. I'm like a one-track mind. Like I, I have to finish. You go right ahead. My spiel. Go right ahead, honey. It's all about you. Yeah, <laughs> goddamn right it is. I think they all know that by now. Oh, thank you to. I Richard don't know. Nixon. That's fuck you. That's all I got. <laughs> Fucking hate you. Season 2, episode 23 of the world-famous chart-topping So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. Friendly reminder, of course, I'm sure you're aware by now that my pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, and asshole. All right, back to your stupid fucking story. Oh, so it was, I must have been under six years old then because I only lived there until I was like six. And my dad was painting the shed out back. Hmm. Yeah, and I wanted to help him. So I was painting a rock out back next to the shed. Because that's fucking helpful. Same blue color. Well, I don't think he actually wanted me painting the shed. This you know is what I mean? why nothing gets done in this house. Because I was five. But anyway, I went to flip the rock over, a big rock. Blech. And there comes the mouse. I scream so loud. Still do not like them to this day. Poor Jim. He's probably sitting in his 6,000 square foot property right now thinking like, hmm. Maybe that's why she went to rehab. <laughs> I can't husk corn either. You know that about me. I do know that about you, and it's one of those things that I'm willing to overlook. I'd prefer that you use the vacuum versus husk the corn, but, you know, beggars cannot be choosers. I cannot husk the corn. That's fair enough. All right. All right. Do you want to tell that story? Because I know you're just fucking itching to. S similar story. Similar story. Still Quickly. at that original house. Quickly. Maybe that's what I'm traumatized by. Get to the fucking story. Sitting in the kitchen, husking the corn, probably about four years old, and a worm came out. Blech. I have never husked corn again. Interesting. Literally terrified. But now, so this is interesting, right? Because uh, the worm comes out of the corn, but you dig shampoo bottles out of women's vaginas as a more or less job. Doesn't face me. Okay. Yep. But the corn is okay. Corn is not okay. Corn is off limits. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So the Vidal Sassoon is not okay. Nope, that doesn't bother me. I don't listen. Not even a little bit. Your stories are stupid. You're stupid. Thank you, darling. 
want to make sure we thank the sponsors. Marlane Graphics, marlanegraphics.com, our studio sponsor for all of your printing needs. And Realtor and a Baby, realtorandababy.com for all of your real estate needs. Now, of course, just like in my marriage, I need to apologize to everyone. Oh, boy. We've been a little, actually not a little, we've been off the radar. We have. It's, it's been, been an insane summer. couple yeah. of weeks. Uh, and unfortunately, that's not an excuse, but fuck you. You get what you get. That's all we got. So anywho, I stayed home this weekend. Megan went down to the world famous Jim and Failure's Bed and Breakfast. With the kids. I feel like, you know, let's just thank Team Foster. Yes. I feel like it's been a couple of weeks since like, you know, we begged people to come pedal for us. Yeah, and we had an we had another event that so, benefited Team Foster. Thank you, Team Foster. Thank you to the McMaster's organization. Uh, the McMaster's organization is an annual golf tournament held the Monday after Father's Day every year. It's at Lulu Country Club in where is that? I don't know why I'm asking you. It's in PA. Look it up. Lulu Country Club. It's not that hard. L U, L U. Anyways, McMaster's dot org. You want to sign up? You want to golf with us? You want to have some fun? There's a chance to win a trip to, is it Pebble Beach? It is. Yes. You can go to Pebble Beach. You can also just come and donate. Yeah, and it already happened this year, but of course it'll be on again next year. I got robbed of the first place prize a couple years ago. Again, it's not better. You know, not better. Uh, Meg's first husband, forehead, big as the day is long. Not better. Super bitter. It is what it is. Okay. So anywho. Meg was down at the bed and breakfast. I actually had a busy weekend, although I still had time to cuddle my bird dog on the couch. I'm happy for you, honey. Thank you, darling. Tell us about your weekend. Uh, we went to the shore. It was lovely. It was just me and the kids and my parents. Um, we had some beautiful weather. We spent a long day on the beach. We played some cards. We took a little trip to the emergency room, mm. and then we ended with hibachi lunch. What's it like to live that life? Glorious. Well, you can just go out to lunch. It was a really lovely weekend, honestly. I went the week before, too, just me, the kids, and my parents, because Chris has been busy with work, and it's been really great, honestly. We've been having a great time. <laughs> we sure have, darling. Super relaxing and just, I don't know, nice. I love being down there. No, it is. It's a great little reprieve. We are incredibly lucky, very blessed that your parents are filthy rich and we have a beach house to go to. Yes. I mean, I'm not complaining. No, not at all. I mean, we've missed you down there, but... Yeah, because again, the last time I was down there, your father's like, Hey, um, Chris, I need you to put in a new thermostat. <laughs> We're going to also need you to fix the grill next time, so you'll have to come to the next trip. Need you to install a new toilet. We've got the grill unfunctioning. We're gonna we're gonna need you to attend next time. We I mean we missed you. We want you there. Well, there's a couple of light bulbs in the fan that need to be replaced. <laughs> we got some projects. <laughs> like you motherfucker. <laughs> we're gonna need your services. You're lucky Megan has great health insurance, because I'd be <laughs> out of here if that weren't the case. Let me tell you. So, anyways, I had a closing today. It it's gonna take me a while to get to the point, but I'm just gonna ask you lovely folks to bear with me for a little bit, right? Bearing with you. So I'm driving around in my fancy lesbian mobile. Actually, I got rid of the lesbian mobile. That's besides the point. And I'm in a good mood, right? Because settlement day is fucking payday. Yes. A lot of, lot of real estate agents will tell you that settlement day is their favorite day 
of the transaction. This is not the case for me. I really like, you know, the first, I don't know, 10 or 15 days after it goes under contract and you're negotiating. That's what I love. Hmm. I love to just ruin people. Okay. That's neither here nor there anyways. Keep going. Thank you, darling. I love it when you keep me on track. I try in life, in general. All of the above. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm driving. I have the radio playing. I want to play you a little bit of my my happy music. Oh, boy. Just so that you all understand the sort of frame of mind that I'm in. Maybe it's, you know, a frame of mind. Maybe it's just straight up mental illness. But anyways... So I'm driving to my office. I have paperwork that I need to file. My mind's in a million different places. That's actually all we can play. We've been, okay. we've been told by the legal team that you need to keep it under eight seconds in order to not get sued. So anyways, I've, I've set the tone. I have now set the tone, Megan. I'm in a great mood. You and ABBA. No, actually. It's not ABBA. Stick to shampoo bottles, Megan. It's Laura Branigan. It's Gloria off of her 1984 debut album. But that's besides the point. So anyways, I'm going to back up a little bit. Over the weekend, there's this new show on Netflix. It's called The Lincoln Lawyer, and I think it's loosely based on the Matthew McConaughey movie, The Lincoln Lawyer. Mm, I love Matthew McConaughey. Shocking. The main character, the lawyer, uh, his name's Michael, is one of us. Oh, really? Yep alcoholic technically i think he's an addict according to the story he got hurt in like a surfing accident or something like that got prescribed opiates you know the re- the rest is history sure, I-, I think we're all very familiar with that and then he hires a driver who is actually one of his clients at one point in time who also is an opiate addict huh so they're riding in the car together and this is where he does most of his thinking which ironically so do i Okay. It's either that or sitting on the toilet. Either way, it's a sitting position. And the girl looks back at him and asks him this question. And I thought this was a great question to talk about, maybe because, you know, they were both or they both identified as alcoholics and addicts, maybe because fears, doubts and insecurities run our lives in every imaginable way. And I think that that crosses the the boundaries to the normies out there, right? Absolutely. So the question is, or maybe it's a statement, I don't know. Something good to talk about anyways. You can't recover until you know what you're recovering from. Ooh. And then as I was driving around in my car today, I was sort of, you know, thinking about things. And I said, well, maybe a better question is, what are you running from? Oh, that's so profound. Or... What are you running to? I was going to say, what are you looking for? Yeah. there. I mean, there's total relevance in both of those. I suppose you can't answer the second part of that until you answer the first. Mm-hmm. You know, I think back on my particular life, my particular story. It, you can't recover until you know what you're recovering from. What was I recovering from? So, you know, what's interesting. I would tell you when I start started this journey. Mm hmm. I knew I had some early teenage trauma. I had body image issues. I had 
a bad marriage. There were so many things. Did you have a bad marriage or did you create a bad marriage? Oh, I think I entered into a bad marriage. And that's, again, this may be shocking for people to hear. That's not me being an asshole. I think that's just me being a fantastic, dedicated journalist. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do anything to make it better. I mean, I did at some points, and then I made it worse. You know, like... Sure. But I think that all goes, you know, with my alcoholism or whatever. But anyway, I... um, you know, I could have told you all these things. Like when I first got a sponsor and start working the steps and you're doing an inventory. Oh, I had a whole list. I know I am sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the farther along I went, like I unpacked all that stuff then. Mm. You know what I mean? And it didn't, it made me well, but it didn't make me cured. And I think later I realized that I actually was an alcoholic and that was kind of the root of it does that make sense yes and no or you can't blame your alcoholism on being an alcoholic yeah I know but I think like all those like I don't know it was like when I fixed that everything else I was able to fix if that makes sense like the I guess basically what I'm saying is I did therapy I did all kinds of stuff growing up right Uh, or at some point in my life to try to fix what was wrong with me sure but it wasn't until I worked a program that I was able to fix those things I don't know if it's actually just being an alcoholic or if that's the only solution there was for me does that make sense yeah I'll buy that um so I mean what was I running from I think myself you know I was so unhappy with who I was just so insecure so Always, and I was always running to something. I always Ah. needed the next thing. I wasn't happy right at that moment. But if this happens, then I can be happy. And then that didn't make me happy. So if the next thing happens, then that'll make me happy. Right. You know what I mean? So it's a temporary band-aid, if you will. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I always say that's the best part of recovery. Like, I'm actually content with where I am I don't really want not that I don't want the next thing I have goals and stuff like that but I don't need to get there in a hurry hmm. I'm more about the journey these days okay um, even with my kids like when Mac was younger I couldn't and I think this is normal when you have like a first child I couldn't wait to see him do the next thing like to I, walk I to I talk to this wholeheartedly but I don't feel that way with Frankie mm. in fact it's the opposite I wish Mac and Frankie would both just stay in the same place for as long as possible so I can savor every second of it. You know, it's funny you mention that because I remember when Frankie, again, I'm sure there were many milestones before this, but I am, you know, again, a simple creature. I remember when Frankie first started to crawl and I was like, oh my God, I can't wait for her to start walking. And then she started walking. She took those first steps and it was one of the most incredible, magical, heartwarming things that I've ever seen in my life. And I remember I woke up the next day and I was like, shit, it walks. Fuck, like that's it. I know, you don't get to do it again. No. And we're never doing it again because we're not having more kids. And maybe that's why when I had Mac too, I thought I was going to have like three kids in four years and you know, a, a great many things I thought was going to happen back in Yeah, but your husband ended you know, up shooting blanks. 11, <laughs> 11 years ago or whatever. But I, I don't know. I think I since I know that Frankie's it, 
like the end of the line. This is where the 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 buck stops here. Mm. I don't I don't want the new things to happen. I mean, I do because like I want her to grow and that kind of stuff, but not really. I want her to stay in like footy pajamas for the next like twenty years, maybe. Right, and that's again, that's how I feel about her milestones. And again, I go to bed that evening and I'm like. You know, I always thank my higher power before I go to bed for, you know, the life that I have and the roof over my head and my beautiful, amazing wife and my incredibly intuitive and on track bird dog and the cat and the guns and, you know, the $13 in the bank account and blah, 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 blah. And then I wake up the next morning with this incredible feeling of emptiness. Really? Like what's next? Oh, do you still feel that? Uh, almost on a daily basis. Really? Yes. I don't think you're as cured as you thought. No, I'm 100% cured. I'm just a work in progress. See, a I... A conundrum, if you will. It's so funny. So I lived my life like that 100% of the time. Oh, well, here we go with the Meg's better than portion no, of the No, I'm not saying that I'm better than. I want you to have that peace because there's something about that that brings you peace. Not needing to live for the next thing. No, well, I don't want to say the next thing, but I think this is where, you know, and again, maybe it's taken me four and a half years to think about this, like to actually stop myself in my tracks. And it goes to that. What are you running from or what are you running to? So what are you running from? What are you running to? Did you figure it out? Oh, no. Fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I posed this question to myself like three hours ago. (laughs) Well, I only got 12 minutes, not even 12 seconds. It's taken me four and a half years to explain (laughs) this emptiness. Are you kidding me right now? I think it's a great question, right? What am I running from? I think is, you know, again, the fears, the doubts and insecurities. People have been listening to us long enough to know that I am a very insecure person and I think that through my actions i.e. the what am I running to is almost a cure for the where am I running from does that make sense sure so like you know I'm insecure be it financial it I don't want to say emotionally because I think that's a dig on you and I, I don't want it to come across like that but I wasn't taking it as a dig I think that's all about you. Oh, of course. <laughs> but anyways, so like I think about my career. Like what am I running to? What what do I do? I sell real estate. What's the goal here? Sell fucking houses, make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. What am I running from? Like why am I trying to sell 85 houses, 100 houses a year, whatever it is? I'm sure it has something to do with those insecurities. I think there's a part of that, but I also don't think when it comes to your career, there's anything wrong with that because you're still in the infancy of your career. No, 100%. I think it's it's natural and good for you to have goals and motivations and things like that. Like I've said a million times before, like I'm actually at the pinnacle of my career. I have the job that I've always wanted. I love it. It's great family, work-life balance, and I love what I do. So I actually, maybe that makes me like, maybe that's emptiness. I don't know, but I I don't actually have any other career goals. I mean, I was talking to Chris the other day about maybe my supplemental job being something different. Like I miss being 
kind of in the trenches a little bit as my kind of part-time gig. But mm. other than that, like I'm very content with where I'm at. And I, I, I don't think you not being content in your career is necessarily a void. I think I still see it as motivation because you're not there yet. You haven't reached no hell no the goals and not even a little bit. You know what I mean? And that's sort of the thing about real estate. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm just overthinking it. it it's interesting that a, out of all the careers that I could have picked on the face of this planet, I picked the one that has absolutely no income ceiling. Right. So maybe that speaks to something. That's what I'm saying. Like if I sell $10 million worth of houses this year, like does that satisfy or maybe that is the right word. Does that satisfy some insecurity that I had growing up or something like that? Like, fuck you. I'll show you. Well, you know, you also pick the career, though, that actually is no income guarantee either. Oh, hell no. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, what's that say too? you still have that little bit of a risk taker in you or that like need 100%. to live like. Have you seen me drive? <laughs> yeah, it's awful. I can't. Uh, it, actually, speaking of which, sidebar, if you don't mind. Uh, PSA? Sure. This PSA, as with all other PSAs, are brought to you by Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes. Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes for all of your double penetration needs. I am so upset at myself that I missed this earlier on in the show. So I'm driving my car and I got the Gloria, Gloria. And I look over and there's a fucking asshole wearing a knit hat. Well, it's not cold. That's what I'm saying. So listen up, people. If it is above 38 degrees and you are wearing a knit hat, you're an asshole. Was it a female or a male? I don't think you can say these days. I'm just curious. I used to, can I be honest with you? I used to wear like a winter hat, even in the summer, to keep my hair straight. You're an asshole. Until I got the magical blow dryer. But before that, <laughs> that's what I would do. I would straighten my hair. A couple of us did, like my friends from high school. Literally, I'd be driving around in a winter hat. It's disgusting. Yeah, so maybe there's a reason. Yeah, like I don't care what the vanity. reason is. You know what the reason is? Don't be an asshole, people. This PSA, as with all of our other PSAs, are brought to you by Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes. Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes for all of your double penetration needs. Back to it. I'm sorry for that little sidebar. That's okay. I'm sorry if I threw you off. So again, I think it's like the whole fears, doubts, and insecurities. It can be directly tied to what are you running from? What are you running to? I think it's funny, and I don't know if you felt like this, but like when I first got sober and, you know, you're in rehab and, you know, they're diving into all this stuff and I was like, oh, this is great. No. No. I mean, I didn't think it was great. I thought it was awful. I didn't want to say a damn thing. But <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like, you're like, I'm going to figure out why. If I'm going to be completely honest, I don't think at that point in time that I was even ready for the why. No, I mean, I wasn't either. It took me like, what, we've talked about this, like six, eight months to like get a sponsor and actually do the work. But sure, I think that I maybe after I went through that process and I worked the steps and I had such like relief or whatever, that now, you know, if something happens or I'm thrown off, I don't like being stumped that there's no why. Does that make sense? I mean, I guess there's always a why, but I felt like I already unpacked the big things. 
We talk about, we just had this conversation, you and I, I, I don't even know, a week ago. We were having a discussion and Megan needed the answer right then and there. And I was like, I don't know what the answer is, Meg. Like, I understand we have an issue or a problem or whatever, but I don't have the solution right now. Yeah. And I think that speaks to, not not that it's necessarily a bad thing, I think that that speaks to our own individual personalities. Oh, definitely. Like, you need an answer right then. Well, and I want to know, like, what to do. Does that make sense? Like, when I got sober yeah, and like, I was like... Yeah, like, what's the roadmap? How do we fix yeah, this? Yeah, like, when you're working the steps and you're, like, you know, bringing up all this stuff that happened in your past and then you're kind of dissecting it and really getting to the root of it and then you can work on that and fix it and, like, change your life, right? Yeah. So, like, now I'm like, okay, if you can just tell me why, then... I can do it because I'm a worker when it comes down to it. Like I'm willing to do the work. Sure. But if I can't figure out like the question almost, then I'm real, real fucked up over that. (laughs) Does that make sense? I mean, it does. Yes. But that also creates a huge issue because I am not a I need an answer right now kind of guy unless we're facing like a contract deadline or something like that. I am more of a okay, so let's. Let's think about the problem. Let's build the roadmap to the solution and we'll figure it out together. And I'm like, let's look and see what the solution's going to be. And then I'm willing to do all the hard work to get there. But I'm going to need the finished product up front. Yeah. I'm one of those people that'll sometimes read the last chapter of a book. Like if I'm like halfway through and I'm like, I can't wait, I can't wait, I'll jump ahead. Yeah, that's like coming before you get the blowjob. Too simple. No, I mean, I think that probably resonates with a lot of listeners, (laughs) (laughs) especially over the age of 40. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that that's, again, you and I have said this before, when we are together, when we are aligned on the same planes, the same path, the goals are set up, whatever the case is or, you know, whatever, we are 100% unstoppable. And I think it's when we, uh, do I dare say, create these little hiccups or we find ourselves in these predicaments, mm-hmm. that's when I think that those those personalities tend to clash. You want the answer up front. I'm more of a, le- well, let's build the roadmap and we'll get there. I also think I agree with that. And I think that's what causes the argument up front. However, I think because we have different methods in doing things or different ways we look at things, it complements each other too. I think that makes sense. So it does make sense. But I think unfortunately at this point in the game, more often than not, it creates a lot of undue stress because I don't think we're communicating properly or, you know, I, I don't know what. I think when it comes down to it is we're both kind of stubborn people. I mean, that could definitely play into it. Or like, this sounds awful too. Like this is going to make us sound like real assholes, but I think it's the truth. I'm listening. I both think that sometimes we think that our way is definitely the right way to do something. 100%. And we will go to the ends of the earth to prove that our way is the way to get it done. And it's it's like a common goal normally. You no know what I mean? Here. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm not even gonna attempt to <laughs> mansplain that. I think you're absolutely right. I don't know if that's an alcoholic thing. I don't know if that's a type A thing. 
I don't know if that's just you're on your second husband type thing. I, yeah. I don't really know, but I do think I, I I find a great bit of accuracy in that statement, interestingly enough. You know what's funny when you just mentioned being type A personality? Chris and I are both type A personality but in different respects. I was going to say different there's a things. but coming or a comma, if you yeah, will. Yeah, but we're also both that, what's the other side of the brain? Right side, left side? I don't know, dude. I don't either. But like we're also kind of that little kitschy, artistic, like off the beaten path type too. Like I think we're both like a combination of that. I So again, I, I don't know exactly what the relative term here is, but I'm just going to say, you know, I'm, I'm shot the fuck out from two <laughs> decades of hardcore drug abuse. My, my shit don't work the way it used to. I don't know. No, you're type A with like severe ADHD, I think. <laughs> we both are. We're type A and easily distracted. I, I agree with that. <laughs> Speaking of, what are you running from? What are you running to? All right. In this moment? Yeah, well, I mean, whatever. I don't know. So I think like- Is that it, a valid way to look at this? Am I overthinking it? No, I think Am I a, thinking like, you know, what am, I, what am I running from? X, Y, Z. You know, my childhood, my past, the couple of events that led me to take that first drug. I mean, is my name on a fucking billboard- going to solve that you know the what am i running from and then the two is the name on the billboard I think, the success the right. money the cars the side chicks the boat whatever it is like does that solve any of that i think the biggest question you need to ask yourself are you still running from those things i would say yes really i would say to a certain extent absolutely huh so where where do you think fears doubts and insecurities right so i agree with those things like i agree that the fears doubts and insecurities you know i guess because of past issues like still come up mm -hmm. i don't know i there's a part of me and i think i've said this before when i tell my story if i'm going to go to a rehab and speak or at a meeting as a speaker and i'm going to tell my story I don't tell those parts anymore. I, I give a nice little shortened version because- When you say parts, like what what specifically are you referencing? Like the bad things that made me become an alcoholic. Yeah, Does no, that make sense? No, there's there's no place, at least in, in my story when I'm speaking, there's no place for the, the drunk log or the war stories or whatever. It, as far as I'm concerned, nobody gives a fuck. Again, no, if I'm standing or sitting in a meeting, and I'm looking at 30 alcoholics, chances are you've earned that seat. You don't need to hear what pot, what put me there. You no, need to hear the solution, right? I understand that. But when you first get sober, we've all been to tons of meetings or been in rehabs when you first get sober, mm -hmm. and you listen to people when they first get sober, they get up and all everyone wants to talk about their childhood trauma. They're this, they're that, they're other thing. Because that's not an excuse, but it's why they drank. You know what I mean? And I don't know. At this point in the game, a couple years later, mm -hmm. it's I don't tell those parts anymore because those parts aren't really a part of me. I mean, I know your past is always there. Sure. But as far as like 
that running space in my head daily, it doesn't do that anymore. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I guess that's what I'm asking. If you still feel like you're running from something, did you really work through all that and put it to bed? Because I don't run I from that on a daily basis. No. I, I'm going to say that it's never been put to bed. And, and again, maybe that's one of those things that a professional therapist may be able to help me unpack. I don't know if it's something that ever goes away. And yes, like you were just saying, to speak to your point, you know, you've been doing this for several years now. Is it is it done? No, it's never done. Right. It's always, no, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. You know? I'm just saying, I feel like you're like, and maybe it's the thought you had today. Like, the work is never done. Mm. I agree with that 100%. I don't know. I guess I just felt like that first round when I worked the steps, that stuff had been put to bed then for me after that. And then more stuff came up because life keeps going, right? And like still stuff becomes hard and maybe it triggers old things as far as like those insecurities or whatever. But I don't know. I almost feel like daily I'm working with new issues or new insecurities or like more recent like I feel like that big stuff I put to bed I don't know a couple years ago to a certain extent right I mean yes like those that one two and three pieces of trauma or whatever are put to bed they're put to rest Mm -hmm. like you can say that you're over those right yeah but is it not true that there's still some residual effects that you're either running from or using that to run to something. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. Does that make sense? No, yeah, now that you're putting it that way. Right. Okay. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that all of, you know, your previous 30, how old are you? 38 now. Fuck, dude. You probably didn't know that because you didn't celebrate my birthday this year. But yeah, I turned 38 in May. Well, maybe if you had unpacked all of your shit, <laughs> we could have had time to celebrate. But again, I'm unpacking my shit. I'm unpacking your shit. See, like that, I'm still living in that. So th- that's a new resentment. <laughs> Which is, you know, deserved, if I may say. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm not either. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> is it? Is it wrong if it's if you're running to something and it's making you a better person? No, I was just going to say that. I, I don't right? necessarily if, if think it's using, wrong to run towards something. If you're using that as fuel or motivation or whatever to create a better life for your children, to make sure that whatever happened to you as a child, you know, the traumatic things. Again, you grew up in an amazing family. 100%. Your father never hit you like my father hit me. Mm-hmm. Your father was there. My father was not. My mother loves her dogs. I don't even know if she knows my name. Anyways, if you use some of those things to ensure that your child has a better life and never experiences some of those things that you've experienced, is that a bad thing? No, not at all. I, I think so you're we, running from something and using that to run to something. Definitely. I mean, I think you see that with children of alcoholics, right? With children of alcoholics. They either become alcoholics like their parents. Cyclical. Or do the exact opposite. Not repeating the cycle. Exactly. And mm. so how do you ensure that? No, I, I think you need something. Like what gets you up every morning? 
What keeps you sober every morning? Are those questions or are those just like things to think about? No, I mean questions. Go ahead. You're on the spot now. Um, What gets you out of bed every morning and keeps you sober? Because to me, that's the bigger question. So I think the sobriety piece is easier to tackle. And it's really simple. I, I don't have, there is no exit for me anymore. There is no, like once I open that door, you know, I pop that first pill, I take that first drink, there is no fucking coming back. That is a one-way door for me. And I know that. Yeah. I, I You hear it in meetings all the time. I have another run in me, meaning like I can go out and party. I don't know if I have another recovery in me. And I'm not willing to take that chance right now. The stakes yeah. are too high. And, and the stakes are, you know, the family and, and the life that we've built in these couple of short years. So there is, that's what keeps me sober every day. The fact that I know that if I wake up tomorrow and I take a drink or a drug, within hours, the f- almost five years of momentum will be fucking gone by lunchtime. Yeah. And there's no coming back from that. And you can sit there and be like, you know, well, we'd get you help. We'd do this. We'd do that. And when I tell you I would not be interested, I'm telling you I would not be interested. Zero. That's so crazy to me that you can say that. I So I think that speaks to my alcoholism. I think that speaks to my addiction because my addiction when I am actively using is what matters to me. I give zero fucks about anything else. So you came back, though, before. You don't think you could do it again? I don't think I have the option. I mean, I'm not saying to have faith. <laughs> like, you know, this is not an invitation. Well, let I'm me just get the saying. debit card, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I, I guess... I guess I don't like hearing it, being your wife and knowing you're an addict. And I know that's, that's okay. super selfish, but... It scares the shit out of me. And that is super realistic. No, I know. That is a one-way door, you know? And yeah, I'm sure that is hard to hear and that sucks, but that's why it's not a fucking option. Yeah. I'm not willing to give any of this up for a drink or a drug. It's just not an option. What was the first part of the question? No, I guess what gets you up in the morning. And then one keeps you sober. I think what gets me up in the morning. We all know it's not the bird dog because he gets me up in the morning. She gets me. What's that one? It's a she. Okay. Yeah. What gets me up in the morning is I think what I'm running to. I'm not done yet. And, and I don't know what done looks like for me. I mean, besides like dead. I mean, obviously that's done. But I don't. I think that's maybe the good part of my personality and that I'm always striving and some days you can call it reaching and some days it's grinding and some days it's just okay. Like literally just okay. But I think that there's a lot of work to do and I think that's professionally. I think that's in a relationship. I think that's financially. I think that's being a parent. I think that covers a lot of different facets of life. What about you? Um, what gets me up in the morning is normally our children or the bird dog. Certainly. <laughs> I'm I'm tired from the night before of running to something that to, I don't know fucking exists. Or to pee. Or to pee. <laughs> no, it's always to pee. Because you're 38 and have a Two C-sections. flexible vaginal floor. 
<laughs> or a not so My elastic. Vaginal floor is fine. Vaginal floor. <laughs> no, I think what keeps me sober is not wanting to lose my sanity. And that sanity may be thin at times. It may not be rock solid, um, but it's a hell of a lot better than it was when I was drinking. And one drink sets me off in a spiral. Which and is, that sanity is completely gone. You know, interesting because you just gave me a ration of shit and I said pretty much the same thing with, you know, some more colorful, beautiful language. I didn't give you a rash of shit. You're like, oh, that scares the shit out of me. You're a fucking asshole. No, I mean, my sanity doesn't affect you that much. No, the fuck it doesn't. <laughs> Girl, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. You should see me drunk. Anyway, and then, <laughs> uh, I mean, our kids, like our family, our life. Like, I would not give that up. And I, unlike you, for a time, believed that I could take another drink Mm. and that that wouldn't disrupt our lives. And that's, I mean, I I think that's a natural thing. Anybody that's, you know, hit the merry-go-round more than once or even just once is like, well, I can test the waters. But Until you get in the water and you realize you're fucked. Yeah, you're fucking treading water. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and I'm not a good swimmer. And then I, um, I know that's final. You know what I mean? Now, I know that this all goes up in flames without my sobriety. Well, I think that was one of our more constructive conversations now. Yeah, it was. I'm I'm proud of you, honey. Thank you, darling. I like when you bring these brain pickers. I I don't know. Fucking horrible. Thought-provoking questions (sighs) to the table. Well, somebody's got to do the work around here. That's true. Uh, one quick last little thing, and I know that we have done, I think, a pretty good job at not saying anything political or not being political or anything like that, but I feel compelled to say something because there have been two significant things recently from the Supreme Court that have made people pretty divisive, if you will. Okay. And again, I'm not going to say anything political. I'm not going to say anything, you know, I'm not going to take a side or a stance or anything like that. I just feel it pertinent to say that this country is torn into so many different pieces right now. And there's a lot of people hurting out there. A lot of people have different opinions. I think that's the one of the most amazing parts about living in this country and being an American But just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean they need to get canceled or you need to start a pissing match on Facebook or some other social media platform. I've said it before. I'll say it again. People are struggling. Be nice. Be respectful of the different opinion. And if you're having issues, I don't know, maybe instead of attacking somebody, fucking ask them why or whatever. Just be nice. Be a decent fucking human being. Agreed. Right? Yeah, no, I agree. That's not political. I always say, yeah, because I don't want to be political at all. Neither do I. But I always say- It's a lose-lose. In every situation (laughs) in life, right? Every situation, in a marriage, in a family, in a friendship, no one's ever 100% right. Agreed. There is no one complete answer that is the answer. Yes, 
So I, I think that's, you know, what makes the world go around, people with different opinions. Yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, be respectful if you're having trouble wrapping your head around why somebody else thinks the way that they do. Again, in a very respectful manner, ask why instead of just attacking them or being an asshole. Agreed. Everybody's a fucking superhero on a keyboard. Isn't that the truth? Ugh. I like check out when shit like that happens. I literally, I couldn't even watch the news this weekend and I, I don't watch know. one particular news outlet. I, I run across all of them because I feel like it's, I don't know, it makes me a more informed person, but like, it's just so hardcore one way, hardcore the other way. Yeah. I stopped like, watching the this. news a while back. Yeah. Someone will bring something up and I'm like, oh shit. When did that happen? Because I'm like, I would like to stay uninformed at this point. Yeah, people start talking about like current events and I'm like, have you seen Pornhub lately? <laughs> do, you, do you know what the girls are doing these days? Which shows you where, at, where I'm at at this stage in life. You should not be there. But All right. Let's, let's wrap it up there. Say goodnight, darling. Good night. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Friendly reminder that my pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, and asshole. Please cut off your pet's privates. And if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.